All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Welcome back. Pause of Friday edition of the Gregor Show on Sports 1440. Orders Nation YouTube, uh, live on Facebook, of course, Sports 1440. I remind hey, we've had a great week uh, this week on the show. Lots of talk about order fans excited. The team keeps winning. Of course, uh, set a record for franchise in 10 games. Uh, now they've pushed it to 12, going for lucky 13 tomorrow in Calgary which would make them the uh, first ever uh, team outside of the Eastern time zone to uh, win 13 consecutive games. Uh, obviously the uh, first Canadian team to ever win 13. The uh, Montreal Canadiens in 1968 uh, managed uh, 12 like the orders currently have. So uh, there's that going on. Uh, you got Oil Kings. By the way, do you want to go to the Oil Kings game? It's Pause of Friday. So, Cons, we have a suite and two parking passes to give away today to go to tonight's game so we're going to give you some time before we tell you how to do it because i want you to think make sure you can go so if you want to plan coming up in 15 minutes we're going to give those away okay so it's a suite for tonight for 12 people and two parking passes so if you want to plan you got 15 minutes to see if you can organize a group and then uh, we'll do the contest because then we know we'll have people who can use it right nothing worse than somebody saying yeah i won and then they don't use it we don't want that so you got some time think about it we uh, welcome in to the program. She uh, joins us every Friday on the show. Of course, uh, Olympic gold medalist. She is a uh, uh, performance uh, mental coach uh, with many athletes now and also the uh, co-host Monday mornings on Sports 1440 with Kevin Carius, Lori Ann Munzer. Joins us, uh, Lori Ann. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. How are you doing? 
Good. How was uh, now? You did a gig just uh, recently in Arizona, right? Like you, you travel around, obviously you do some speaking engagements and different things like that. Like sometimes it's a motivational speaker. Like I don't know, like I don't know if you're like Chris Farley, like as as a motivational speaker, uh, you know, breaking tables or not. But um, God, <laughs> <laughs> it would be awesome if you did that. Though. That'd be unbelievable. Riding bikes across tables. <laughs> yeah, you should. Right? Like maybe you could come out on stage, like take a jump on. On your bike and break the table oh man i i once went across a stage on a tricycle a mountain bike tricycle it was at teacher's convention and i was closing it uh went across a stage and it started to wobble they had not properly pdi'd the tricycle and two of the four bolts were missing come on did I you know, salvage was- it or did you blow a wheel Oh, no, I totally salvage it. But, I mean, imagine, I'm six feet high up on the stage, and I was thinking, ooh, to drop off the stage would have been totally epic. <laughs> that would have been <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. Now, um, you know, you, you work a lot with men, and, of course, yourself as, a, as an Olympic champion. I, I find sometimes some people, you know, there's, oh, James, we've got to focus on the negative. You know, how, like, we're always looking to improve. Now, the owners are a team, and, you know, sometimes as an individual sport, like, things are rolling. Right. And I, I think some people just assume that you all, people always get lackadaisical. I'm not necessarily sold on that. But what are the key messages when things are going well to focus on to try to continue that streak as long as you can? I think that's a great question, because when you are on a winning streak is how do you keep it going? And a lot of times there's so many distractions that are coming at you that I always say, go back to the basics. Go back to the basics, the fundamentals of what works for you, because everybody has two or three essential things that work for them. You may not be aware of them, but you do them. And it's in crunch time when you're winning like this that it's coming together that you're not even thinking about it, that it's even more important to think about what am I doing? What are the core elements? And these things are going to be a little bit different. It could be something in the warm-up. It could be something before the game. It could be something you do when you're on the bench and you're waiting for your shift to go. And it's just small little things. Um, I think Paisani, when Kevin and I were talking him with him one morning, he said there's only a couple of things that he does, and he does it all the time. And it has to become, and this may sound funny, but it becomes part of your DNA because it is an essential. So it's just what are those things that work for you? What are those core elements and those core items that you could go like clockwork? I do this, this, and this. And it's great every time. If it falls off, you come back to it. What do I need to do to bring it back up again? Lori Ann Munzer joins us. Uh, you know, the Edmonton owners early on in the season, starts weren't their issue. It was holding on to leads that were their problem. They were giving up way too much, but they were scoring. During this 12-game winning streak, they've actually trailed uh, seven times, gave up the first goal, and have actually had eight comeback wins. And the data will tell you that that's not sustainable, right? Like, normally you ju- you can't continue to do that. And, and I wonder, so, because... 
good. They were the they were the highest scoring team in the first period last year. So they they've come out of the gates quite well. It's kind of odd that now it's they have confidence in their defensive game. They have confidence even if they get behind that they can win. But so when you're a coach and everything's going well, Lord, like how would you? message that so it's not something that they're thinking about in a negative way but that they're aware of okay we need to be better here to start the game we can't all we can't rely on coming from behind every game the odds are just not going to be in our favor long term yeah first off i wouldn't even talk about it because if you're going to talk about it it's going to happen and whatever you think about you bring about so it's just what is the one thing as a team we need to focus on here and it doesn't matter if you're leading it doesn't matter if you're behind and you're starting to see it and the biggest thing is belief do you believe number one we are a unit because you can see teams play and and we've watched this even with the Oilers is when they play as individual and then collectively when they come together is holy moly there is a complete shift and change of energy of the direction of the game of what they're doing and there's a confidence that comes from it so if you don't believe in what you're doing I can tell you the confidence is lacking how do you get belief how do you get confidence it's repetition it comes back to back to the basics what are the fundamentals you look at figure skaters and they go through the fundamentals and i have never heard one go oh my gosh i'm so excited to do them and same as a piano player they do the scales in cycling we warmed up always the same way we had the fundamentals and you can only Jason you can only focus on one thing at a time and you have to figure out what is that one thing that is going to elevate us as a team because it's a team you're not an individual athlete here you are as a team so we have to work as a cohesive unit and you have to have everybody on the same vision path or vision quest is it natural to to become complacent when things are good, do you find or delete elite level athletes? Is there more of a hunger once you've had success? I think it's both. You can take your foot off the gas and get complacent, or you could get even hungrier. And it's, it's coming back to what am I here for? We've talked about it where it's like, well, you can't keep expecting to win every game. And I'm going to say, yes, you can. Because this is how you win championships. This is how you win Stanley Cups. This is how you move up in the, you know, standing board. I mean, we're watching it as it happens. And there has obviously been a shift within the Oilers. And it's straight across. And you can't get complacent. You can't get on the on the opposite side. You can't get so hungry that you end up burning and expending so much energy that you're wiped out even just before the game starts. So it's finding that I call it that neutral zone of not too much, not too little. And it's just got to be right. And it just it takes practice, Jason. You've got to do it again. And every practice, what worked, what didn't. And it's the same in the boardroom. What worked with this meeting? What worked with this team? What didn't work? Where do we need to adjust? You know, Paul Coffey is doing it. You know, Chris is doing it. And it's just like the whole team is just you're looking at 
every area of what is the one thing, even if it's just 1%, consistently it will compound. Lorianne Munzer joins us here on Sports 1440. Uh, question comes in from Greg. What's your thoughts on the phrase, you know, playing above your head? Right? People say, oh, you know, this team's, you know, they're playing better than they actually are. And I think a lot of times over the course, especially a long season, it'll play out. Now, that's why playoffs are so great because we've seen upsets because the team that's 30, 40 points below in the standings for 82 games suddenly can get hot at the right time and boom, they can win. It happens all the time. Um, what about, like, did you ever, was there ever a time in your career as an athlete where you were like, okay, I'm performing better than I think is long-term sustainable? Or, you know, like, how does that work for an athlete? When can you know that maybe, you know, what you're doing in your performance isn't sustainable? Okay, there's two questions there. Play above your head. I've never heard of that. I always say show up as the champion that you want to become. So en route to the Olympics, I was preparing to, I wasn't preparing to be Olympic champion. I was Olympic champion when we were training here on the Edmonton Velodrome. I was Olympic champion when I was at the World Cups, when I was at the World Championships. And you have to be it. You have to be that person. You have to be that champion before you get there. I mean, look at look at Connor McDavid. He has a champion mindset. He is there. Sometimes, yeah, his confidence wanes. He talked about that earlier. But you have to show up as that athlete that is there. In terms of performance sustainability, I think it's called periodization. It's where you can truly only have... I'm thinking more cycling here, and I don't know all of the nuances and ins and outs with hockey. Is I know in, in, in sports, like Olympics is your peak. Yes. It's impossible to have two peaks. My coach told me, oh, you're going to peak for the world championships May 31st, and then the Olympics will be your second peak. I bought into it, and I went, oh, okay. But it was a progression, and that is part and parcel of it because you're going to notice that all the games as it gets closer to the Stanley Cup playoffs, they're going to get faster and faster. They're going to get more specific. It's going to become quicker, and there's going to be either more mistakes made or less mistakes made. And it's all in the planning, the periodization of how are you rolling out the season? When are your breaks? When are your days off? Um, are you getting a massage? Are you on the road? What do you need around you? And there's, it's a whole suite. You know, I would call it the A suite, the athlete suite of what is it that you need. And again, it comes back to the start of our call here is back to the basics. What do you need? And you know exactly what your sporting season is for hockey, for basketball, for, you know, football, for cycling, whatever it is. You know what it is because you're no longer an amateur. You play as a professional. And there's a big difference between being an amateur and a professional. So what about young players to, to learn? Like you just mentioned how, you know, you got to believe you're an athlete. Well, and I, and I totally understand, but I don't think it's that easy, right? Like to me, that's, that's probably a learned skill as well over time. And is it, is it more difficult with, with, with young people? Because, you know, you ha- like when you, when you've gone to an Olympics once, you're like, Hey, you know what? I can be an Olympic athlete. Like I've been here, but when you're 14 or 15, you can have the dream of being an NHL player and it's great, but maybe you don't truly know what you are. So how do athletes on their way up build that belief system? 
uh, every step of the way? Part of it is your environment, who is around you. So your coach obviously is one of the main first people that are going to be right there. Building the belief comes from also sharing from veterans. Like we've got veterans on the Oilers team, right? And they are going to impart a totally different, I call it POV, point of view. It's your perspective. They are going to see the world a little different. My energy now is different than what it was when I was racing and competing at the Olympics. And it was different when I started cycling the first year. But I had some really great people that helped mold and shape how I saw the world, how I prepared, how I responded, if I won, if I lost, if I got, you know, plucked right off the back, uh, if I crashed and burned, I got hurt. And it's just... It's those around you. As a kid, as a young athlete, you don't necessarily know, but you have to be really, really specific about who you let into your mind. Physically, we can all be there or pretty much be there, but your mind, the mental aspect is what's going to differentiate a champion from somebody who's, you know, still trying to grind it out is... It's doing the work, but it's who is in your environment. And then also, too, a lot of people don't talk about, a lot of coaches don't, is the mental aspect, the visualization or the visioneering. If you want to become an NHL player, what do they do? you got to transport yourself into them on the ice. So it could be you five years later. It could be you one year later. Um, when you were talking, I was thinking about Jennifer Capriati when she was playing Martina Navratilova. I mean, Martina was old enough to be her mom. I think Jennifer was 14 when she started and 16 when she really hit the height of her career. That's young. I wasn't cycling at that level when I was 16, I can tell you that. Some athletes have the gift, some have the support, and some start a little bit later. But your environment is essential and it is everything. Laura, great stuff as always. We really appreciate it. Have yourself an awesome week, and uh, we will chat with you next Friday. You too. Enjoy the tournament. That's uh, Lori Ann Munzer. I always enjoy having her on. Really good perspective. And uh, if if you're a coach or, you know what, maybe you have somebody, an athlete, and, and even in work, because a lot of the stuff she talks about, we related to sports, but a lot of it really relates to, to real life and what you're doing in your job, right? And uh, you have confidence in yourself that you can do your, your job well, you're going to have a better chance to do your job well. Uh, 325, a lot of text to get to, 833-401-1440. Greg, did I hear the orders and Flames wearing their Heritage Classics? Yes, tomorrow and again, the uh, Saturday night game in Edmonton on the last Saturday of the year. Or, sorry, last Saturday of the month in February. I think it's the 24th. So uh, they'll be playing those games as well in the uh, Heritage Classic unis. Uh, quick break, we've got a lot of text to get to, and somebody's going to go to the game tonight. Next on the Gregor Show, live on Orders Nation YouTube, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 3.30 as we continue on, pause of Friday and Sports 1440, Orders Nation YouTube and Facebook, as always presented by our title sponsor, PlayAlberta.ca, where you can get in the game. Hey, a lottery, you got a lot of max, 19 million bones up for grabs tonight. Uh, also, it is your uh, place for uh, all the NHL action. It's Hockey Day in Canada tomorrow, which uh, includes... 
games. Uh, Montreal's taking on uh, Boston. Ottawa's in Winnipeg. You have uh, Toronto in Vancouver. That's the early game tomorrow. And then the late game, Edmonton in Calgary as the Edmonton Oilers look to become the first team in NHL history outside of the Eastern Conference, outside of the Eastern Time Zone, to win 13 in a row. Also the first Canadian team to win. 13 in a row. There's lots on the line. And, man, they win tomorrow. Who knows where they could go? Then they got Columbus, Chicago, Nashville before the uh, All-Star break. There's a chance. Could be at 16 games. Are you kidding me? That is crazy to even think. So, uh, like, the, every with every win, you know, you get into to, to rarer and rarer territory. Right? That's just how it goes. Uh, we, we outlined it off the top of the show. Teams that had won. Um, you know, there's 11 teams that have won 13 games. There is, uh, there's only six who have won 14. Right? So, orders win tomorrow. Now they, they make that 12. They win on Tuesday. Now, all of a sudden, they're in a group of seven. They win on Thursday. Then they're in a group of five. You win on Saturday. Then you're in a group of three. Right? It just gets better and better. And, of course, the NHL record was 17 set by the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Well, still got a long way to go to get there. But wouldn't it be amazing just to give it a run? Just to think of the hype. They win 16, and then you got to wait from the 27th of January till February 6th to see if they tie the record against Vegas. Great, but also kind of sucky at the same time. <laughs> so, and I know that's a, that's a, a really underused and probably not really the greatest word sucky maybe we should use it more often uh we'll see uh, a few texts coming in 833-401-1440 hey guys john reed was my coach as a kid and one of the first adults other than my parents to believe in me i being good friends with one of his sons and he was always been there for me i know this is a tough time uh, of the year but remember how uh many lives uh, your dad changed in a very positive way that one comes from gilly talking to uh the reed family and you know what yeah john reed we, we got a lot of messages cam tate uh, has sent us one hey guys uh, my brother brad played with johnny at the uh, canadian athletic club both in bantam and midget brad was on defense uh, uh johnny was a firecracker fast great shot smart full of life it's great to see his tournament thriving giving young players a chance to be the best they can just like johnny was that comes from uh, cam tate and uh, yeah, how about this, the 45th annual? It's quite the tournament here and quite the uh, quite the event. Lots of great young players. So you know what? If you're a hockey fan, just like seeing good young hockey uh, coming, of course, to uh, St. Albert here at uh, Service Place. Uh, games going on today, uh, tomorrow, and, of course, the final is on Sunday. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the uh, tournament uh, coming up uh, in the next segment. Uh, also, do you want to go, speaking of good hockey, do you want to go see the Oil Kings and the PA Raiders tonight? You could be uh, quite the hero to a group because we got a suite for 12 people and two parking passes for you to go. Now, we mentioned this earlier. We gave you 15, 20 minutes to try to arrange to see if you could use it for sure. So if you know 100%, not 90%, not 80 100% if that you can use this, then text us with your name and your email, and Conman will pick a random winner, and you'll be going to the Oil Kings game tonight. Two parking passes underground, so you don't even have don't worry about the weather. You're going to be inside for the game. You're going to be underground parking. It'll be awesome. Simple cons. We'll send it to you. So 833-401-1440 if you want a sweet you take your uh, group of friends, uh, one of your kids' hockey teams or sporting events, 833-401-1440. Lots more 
Hey, guys, I've been saying this all year, and while it's time to let Broberg mature physically in the A for more than a handful of games and play lots of minutes where he could have the freedom to be a player, the NHL is not a development league, and a playoff contender is not the place to have multiple development rookie. I'm not sure why so many people get their uh, panties in a bunch when I say uh, when I say this. Bring them up and what? See more of the same thing we've seen in the past few years. Multiple coaches have seen and expect different results. Your plan is great. Make a spot next year. Play him. If it doesn't work out, then you can move on from HB in Sandy Beach. And I, hey, I, 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 there's always a rush. People, you know, and they're going to see Broberg and they're going to see him dominating the American League. And they're like, well, just trade Brett Kulak right be at the deadline because Broberg can replace him. You're certain? He can replace what Brett Kulak has done for the last and, – and basically his whole career. Go look at Brett Kulak's numbers in the playoffs. Right? He's got playoff experience. He's been very good for the Edmonton owners the last few years in the postseason. Very good. Now, Broberg might be good, but it's a might. Do you want to risk that if you're the GM? It's easy for a fan. What if your job's on the line? What if the opportunity for your team to go deeper is there? Like, hey, maybe Broberg will show them enough and they'll roll the dice and they'll make the trade because they're like, well, yeah, but we can take Broberg and then we, if we can trade Kulak, then we can free up cap space and get somebody else. Maybe. Right? They're all the moving parts of it. But I think the suggestion who is just like, let's look at best case scenario, you can't. You have to look at the realistic case scenario as well. And what if having two young defensemen in a pairing together in the postseason isn't ideal? Right? But it's you, you can't overlook it and say it's not a concern. It has to be uh, a consideration, at least in my books anyway. It has to be uh, a consideration. So, Watch more uh, text line in. I love it. Uh, text line is uh, heating up. Everybody's uh, fired up. Hey, boys, I have to admit I was, uh, I was pretty concerned about the orders at the start of the year. I thought it was being another wasted season. I clearly overreacted. I uh, called Ken Holland to make multiple trades, and clearly it showed that he knows more than me. Just want to pass it on from Doug. Well, there you go, Doug. Hey, you know what? Good for you. Good for you to admit. Hey, that's the great part about being a fan. Right? You can sit there and say, yeah, let's make all these trades. And if, it, and if they don't make the trades and the team wins, you're like, okay, well, good decision. But at least you admitted it, right? Some people will say, oh, Ken Holland's terrible, right? Like, I still laugh at probably one of the most moronic state I've ever seen um, on Twitter was a guy, I'm not even going to mention his name because it's not worthy to mention his name, claiming that uh, Ken Holland had never done anything and he just rode the coattails of his players. Really? Never did anything. Like, you know what, the guy's team's... Uh, was the last team in the salary cap era to miss the playoffs. Uh, won multiple Stanley Cups under his tenure. They hadn't won multiple Stanley Cups before his tenure. Just saying. He had a really good run. Does does every move pan out? No, but look at where the orders were when Ken Holland took over. And look where they are now. That's all you got to say. When he took over, they had missed the playoffs three of the previous four years, including the two previous. And, oh, by the way, they had McDavid and Dreisaitl in all four seasons of those. And McDavid had 100 points in every year. Uh, except his rookie year. I guess he didn't have 100 points. So he came in, and there was a lot of issues. And when he came in, he also lost in the first two years. He lost two of his top four defensemen for things outside of his control. Oscar Kleffbaum's career ended due to injury. And uh, Adam Larson's father unexpectedly passed away. 
and uh, they you know they were fully on board. And Adam Larson, even with that potential to not have his mom come live in Edmonton, he almost resigned in Edmonton. But at the end, he was like, you know what, I can't do it because that means I'll never see my mom during the season. And how can you not respect that as a human being? Right? How could you say, yeah, you know what, I like it in Edmonton, but mom. Too bad. It's too hard for you. The dad died here. Well, I guess I'll see you in the summertime, and that's it. I totally can understand why he would make, why he would make the decision not to do that. So then you had to replace two top four D-men where you lost for nothing. It's not like you traded for them and got something. You lost them for nothing. Right? And, and you didn't know that, uh, that Adam Larson's mom was going to say, I, can't, I, I just can't come back. You didn't know that. Right? You didn't know that, wow, we should have traded Clefbaum before his shoulder blew out. He came back in the, for after COVID, right? Remember they had the five-month uh, break? Came back in August, played, never played again. So I think Ken Holland's done a pretty good job. Not perfect. No one's perfect. Obviously, the, uh, the Campbell contract, eh, that's, a big, uh, that's a big negative, right? You can't, you can't sugarcoat it. It's not worked. No question about it. But when, when I look at the overall... Moves by Ken Holland, he's got he's he's had more pan out than miss, and now can he make a few more? That's going to be the key. The orders have been good, but can he make them with a few more additions? A legit, and I think they're I think they're very close to a cup contender. But could they potentially with some moves become a favorite? And then of course the wild cards always health. No one can predict that. So I, I think if it's me. I would be looking to, to upgrade my... I think there's three forward spots I could upgrade overall. And one of them, I think, is going to come internally in Dylan Holloway. So I could see two moves. Now, that's easier said than done. Where are you going to get the cap space to do it? So I totally understand. It's not easy. Right? That's why we got... Hey, guys, would you go after Marc-Andre Fleury? No, I would not. Marc-Andre Fleury has an 890 save save percentage. He makes $3.5 million. Why do I want Marc-Andre Fleury as a backup when I don't have any cap space and I'm going to waste any cap space I have? Plus, if order to get Fleury, that means i got to trade Kulak or Fogel to make it happen, just from a cap perspective. So I, I don't see any of these mentions of Marc-Andre Fleury. just doesn't make any sense to me for Edmonton. I, I, I don't see how mathematically or even when I'm building my roster that it makes sense. Right? I, don't, uh, I don't get it at all. Hey, Gregor, to add your point, why would, you, why would we trade Kulak and then have to add another uh, for the playoffs for insurance from Gordoyle? Well, exactly. Now, it, it, it all depends what, what's the package to do it. I can't say, like, think about it. They traded Tyson Berry, who is an experienced good defenseman, who was very good in the playoffs, because they were able to upgrade and they got Matias Echo, right? So I wouldn't say never do it, but because you replaced Berry with a veteran on the left side. Right? I don't think you would trade Kulak to get a veteran on the right side. I guess you could, but, well, if it was a top pair guy, then I'd be listening for sure. But there's not a lot of those guys out there. I've looked. Um, you know, unless someone maybe comes available that we don't think. But if, if Brett Kulak, if there was a, tra- like, anybody's tradable if it makes sense. That's all I'm saying. Like, I wouldn't, I'm not going to say, like, there's zero chance you can trade Brett Kulak now. To me, though, I'm not trading Brett Kulak just to open up a spot for Broberg right now. To me, that that's a must to do in the off season, and that kind of sucks for Kulak and his family. And and it's not because he's not a good player; it's because eventually you got to open up some room for a young guy. Plus, there's a cap situation, 
right? And you'll be able to replace Kulak with Broberg. And, well, in the regular season, you know what? That, that's where you hope that he becomes experienced enough that he would help you next year in the playoffs. Because regardless of what happens this year in the postseason, I think the Orders are expecting to have another deep run next year, right? It might be the last year with Drysaddle. We never know. They hope not. But that's kind of where, uh, where, where I'm thinking on that. Hey, guys, I'd stand pat. We can bring up as many black aces, which get some of the guys up from the farm if we need them from, from Gigi. Nah, I would disagree. I don't, I don't believe right now. I, I don't think their fourth line is good enough to make a deep run in the playoffs. Their fourth line does not be great, but I'd like, it, I'd like an addition or two there. So I don't think they'll stand pat. I think they'll do some. I don't think it's, it might not be a major splash. I don't, I don't know if they have to trade away their first-round pick this year. Because right? depends what you're looking for. Right, and then can you fit the cap space? That's the key, right? Like the owners traded away a four point five million dollar player to bring in Echo. Who's the big tickets they can trade away? I know everybody mentions Cody Cece, but who are you bringing in? Who's the right shot defenseman? If you can see one, please let me know at eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Corey Perry, if they bring him in, it uh, it costs them nothing, right? He is. Um, you don't have to give up anything to get him, and I don't think he's going to cost you that much. So that's a move you can make for sure. Let's uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, we'll return. Uh, Jason Wawad's going to join us here live. It's a Gary Show on Sports 1440, Orders Nation YouTube, coming live from the 45th annual John Reed Memorial Tournament. Some of the best U15 hockey in the country is being played this weekend in St. Albert. Stop in. Enjoy it. Uh, man, if you're a hockey fan, there's scouts all over the place, lots of uh, uh, ex-NHLers who want to say hello as well. Uh, they're all here. Positive Friday continues on, uh, coming to you live from the uh, 45th annual John Reed Memorial Tournament in St. Albert. It is the uh, Gregor Show, as always presented by our title sponsor, PlayAlberta.ca, where, of course, uh, hey, get in the game tonight and uh, put a, if you want, just go in for the, uh, for the um, tickets at uh, Lotto Max. 19 million bucks. So there we go. Um, looking, uh, Cons, can you hear me? We got you, Gregor. Uh- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, okay. Just uh, seems like there was a little delay in my ear, but now we're good. All right, perfect. Um, uh, we are joined by uh, Jason Awad, of course, uh, uh, scouting for NBC. He's coaching. Uh, he was assistant coach in the AJHL a long time, also a golf pro. Uh, uh, you're like a multi-talented athlete, I got, guess maybe we could say, AJ. Got lots of hats on this weekend. Uh, Cattail Crossings uh, here as the main sponsor uh, at the John Reed. So uh, wearing that hat, trying to get some scouting in while I'm here as well for Nanaimo uh, and, and answering any questions about uh, golf and Operation 36. So, so you you uh, you've coached a long time in the AJHL. You've been scouting mm. for quite a while. You know, you, you you see a tournament like this where there's so many good players. Yeah. And now, as a as an average viewer, like I'm not a scout, but I mm. come in and there's the first game I can watch two periods. Yeah. I can usually pick out the best three players sure. on each team, right? Yeah. That's kind of easy. I think, you know, that doesn't take skill. It's it's the other one. So when we get past the top guys, because everybody's going to have probably the same top two or three, right? They, yeah. Now, you know, maybe the key is to think, well, I think this guy's going to project a little bit better, so maybe we want to take him number three. Somebody else might have number two, whatever. But when you get into the not uh, – and no, I'm not going to say they're Connor McDavid. I'll just use an example yeah. for our listeners. What are the things that you as a scout look for to find the guys who are late? Because there's going to be lots of late developers, and there's going to be kids that are here today who might be rated 10th, 15th, 20th, and in three years they might be 1, 2, and 3. Yeah, 100%. And it just goes back to, I think, even what your coaches at the NHL level right now are looking for is good habits, um, just playing the game the right way, not cheating. Um, and once again, the skill uh, varies, and, and there can be such a, a, a development over the next two three four years so you're not too worried about that you're just looking for guys that play the game the right way uh that block shots uh that make simple plays that can make plays at high speed um and if you've been around long enough you can start to see how uh, everyone's list right at the beginning and and what we all think right now changes in you know a year a year and a half and 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 when you look at it in the long run if you've been around long enough you see uh where those guys end up so like i'll give you a good example i was coaching and scouting when when noah was playing Bantam. I coached the the Maple Leaf team, and you look at even that year with Benson and Quenville and Joust and Skinner and Sam and, Steele. And Sam Steele. But now you look at guys like uh, even James Hamlin that took that 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 jump, and 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 Noah's doing so well in 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 Toronto as well. So you know it's so hard uh, right now to project, uh, but you look at what guys are doing, and hopefully they're playing the game the right way, and you you see things that you like. Because I think the biggest challenge challenge is the size and strength factor for sure right because you have some kids that, that, that grow yeah and they're oh geez this guy's are but that they don't grow anymore yeah and then you have others that are smaller and now you can go like do you guys go in depth and talk because because i can tell you like uh for our family when i look at the genetics mm-hmm. of 
or like Noah was going to fill out when he was 20. Right. Like he was going to be strong, but he yep. was really going to fill out a 2021. 20, and that's yep. exactly what happened because it happened to me. It happened to his dad. Yep. It happened to his brother. That's kind of it. Now, other people's genetics are different. Do, yeah. do you guys, is there time to kind of go and talk to families and get a sense of, because you can, I know people look at size of feet and size of hands, but, yep. you know, that's. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily tell you about strength of a human. Yeah, no. You know what? All those things are different. You try to maybe, I try to really create relationships with the people that I'm interested in, get to know their parents a little bit, and you can kind of learn uh, some of that as well. But really, it's about understanding that, yes, this kid's 4'8", 85 pounds going into the corner against a guy that's 6'2", a buck 85, like, but does he battle in there? Does he stay on it? Does, is He may not win every battle, but he's in every battle. Uh, does he move pucks quick? Does he get out of there with his feet? Uh, those intangibles and those little things uh, transcend the game and, and allow them to have success later on down the road. And I look at defensemen. Yeah. And the evolution of scouting defensemen now has changed no more more than any other position, right? Like, yeah. gone are the days of, you know, sure you want big, strong defensemen, yeah. but if they can't move the puck, it doesn't really matter that much anymore. Like, yeah. he, like I look at Vincent DeHarnay, and if we watch video of Vincent DeHarnay pre-Paul Coffey and Vincent DeHarnay now, it's almost yeah. like you're watching a different player when he has the puck in his yeah. stick. And, that's, and see, obviously he had some skill. Sure. But the young players now, like, rush the puck and and it used to be sometimes i i think there used to be well you yeah, maybe the less skilled guys could play defense. Now yeah. you almost want the guys who are really good passers, but who also are got great because they can jump up in the rush. There's no longer if you if you're not a D man jumping up in the rush, they kind of look and say, "Well, what's wrong?" Yeah, you know when we coach, there are third and fourth layers of attack. Yeah, I uh, I there's some coaches that'll make their D hang back. Who I now? Why. I don't understand that now. I want them to beat the forwards. I want you to BF three, make that pass, make that play, get up in the rush, be that third and fourth layer of attack it's only going to help us and what it does and a lot of d don't get this is coaches stand on the bench yell gap 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 well if you're not getting your four or your d to jump up in the rush their gap's going to be bad and so when they do jump up it just gives them a whole bunch more options they're better defenders being more aggressive so Absolutely. Uh, Jason Wawad joins us. And uh, obviously, we're here for the John Reed, but and I know Cattail Crossing's a big sponsor. Now, Cattail, you guys, uh, uh, you started this uh, last year, you're, and it's bigger and, and better. You got the uh, the pond hockey tournament coming up here in February. Yeah, we're really excited about it. You know, once again, just a, a different event, uh, something different. All the players play in tournaments, they go to week long tournaments, they play in their league. Um, but the great thing about this is it's a one day old school three on three pond hockey event. We have uh, you know nine to twelve rinks going on at one time. Uh, kind of a big tent in the middle with with hot chocolate and and places for the kids to get dressed. And it's just like us and when we were growing up, being out on the ODR or out on the pond. Uh, it's a one day event, three on three. We have on uh, Saturday, the tenth of February, is going to be the Adults Blades of Steel. Okay. So it's an adult tournament, and then on the Sunday, um, it is Sunday, February eleventh, from eight to five. It's we've got you. 11 divisions u13 and u15 uh and then within that we're going to tier them based on where their teams come from um and we're just going to have a fun day of pond hockey tournament and so three on three do you recommend like for the kids because the games aren't that long is their team have five skaters like a goalie and three on three or is it a goalie and four skaters yeah, just one one sub how does it work you know what the games i think they're 12 minute half so they're 24 minutes in total um we usually have teams of like six to nine okay. with the goalie okay. uh, just to give you a little bit more options it 
kids get cold or whatever, and 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 it's in February, so we're hoping the weather's uh, going to be really good. Yeah. If it has been like it has this winter, I think we're in for a great day. Yeah, so. out, outside of the last week, it's yeah. been a pretty balmy uh, one. So how can how can teams sign up? Yeah, uh, very very simple. Just go to uh, pro or go to cattailcrossing.ca, cattailcrossing.ca. The information is on there. You can register and book your team spot online. Uh, it we are working with Hockey Edmonton to get it sanctioned. So if teams feel like they want to enter as a oh, team, really? they can do that because uh, it's just a one day fun tournament. Yeah. There are mystery prizes. Um, your registration gets you uh, so it's fifty dollars per player. It's all the ice. It's prizes in there uh, and a meal. You get a meal as well. Um, we've got lots of stuff for the parents. The parents actually, I think, have more fun than the kids. They come down. Our patios are going with fireplaces. Uh, they can have a beverage on the patio. They can watch the kids on the ice. So it's just a great day uh, for the family. Now, do you guys still, you got the uh, your outdoor golf course in the winter? We don't. It, just with how the weather was, well, it was impossible, impossible for it us to build it. It was great. It'll probably return next year, hopefully. Because um, was we went last year, I'll tell you, man. That was one of the most fun experiences I've I had. Agree. It was different. It, but was. it was outdoors for people. Who, now, when you think mini golf, but it was much bigger than mini golf, but it was outside in the snow and ice, yeah. and it was phenomenal. It was great. We had you could do it at light. We had thousands of people come yeah. through, school groups, church groups, whatever they just took advantage of it it was great it was so i had so much fun i enjoyed it we had some competitions out there ourselves so now do, do you have a, a limit on so now how many games we have a few people wondering how you get uh, uh is it a guarantee minimum of like two, yeah three games? The, it's a minimum of four oh. plus playoffs oh, like wow. three games yeah it's throughout the day we want them to play the games are short that's what's great um what we usually have last year we had uh four of the city organizations send one of their teams and those teams broke yeah, into two they would split into sense. two, yeah. which was fun because they were playing against their friends yeah. uh, out on the pond. We did lose a lot of pucks. Uh, I'm just going to say that. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. It's a great day. So I really encourage people uh, to go to cattailcrossing.ca and sign up. And um, uh, kind of turning it back to the John Reed, uh, mm. Cattail, of course, is, is a big sponsor here in the community doing this event. And, you know, you're a guy who, who you know, has a lot of passion for it. Uh, yeah. You're coaching right now in, uh, in U14. Yes. Right? That's right. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of talk about, because you've coached Junior A. Yeah. You coached, uh, what's the difference from a coach there as far as, you know, what you do to teach the young players that age that some of the junior players already have. How do you have to change and evolve as a coach, or do you? You do. You do. I love it. I, I've been so fortunate with whether it was with Hockey Alberta uh, or now in the JPHL to be involved with different levels, and you really learn a lot about yourself as a person on how to communicate, how to teach at those levels. Really, um, we're just painfully positive. They're 13 years old. Uh, a lot of them have moved away from home. Uh, but, you know, the progression that you get to see over the year, having them for five days a week at practice uh, and then just playing every odd weekend um, it has been unbelievable in terms of that and you know once again it, it, it's it's the game doesn't change uh, it just gets different um, we always talk about this too the adversity that they have um, they always think it's going to go away it never goes away it just changes into something else uh, as young players so it's about managing that it's about giving them opportunities to fail uh, and it's about teaching them the right way to play now so that when they get there um, I don't need to sh- have you understand that you need to block shots if you want to play on this hockey team you already know that and you have some skills uh, to be able to do that so uh, for fun, Oilers have won 12. <laughs> what number do you think they get to? 
Oh, God. They got Calgary would yeah, be 13, Columbus, looking. Chicago, Nashville. That's four to get to 16, and they have the break. I think they're going to 16. I'm going to call 16. 16. I think they're going to roll the table. And uh, have you seen a team here that's impressed you? Is there a, a team early on? Oh, uh, I really loved watching that Yale group come back from down 4 nothing yesterday. Okay. Uh, the edge team is unbelievable as well. Uh, and, and once again, our, our local St. Albert team is great. Uh, so much talent there's so much skill it's it's fun to project where these kids are going to be in three or four years that's that's the whole game i guess we're we're playing we're probably what 25 percent right as scouts uh sometimes maybe <laughs> hopefully more um but really that's what it's about so yeah i was gonna ask you that so you mentioned 25 percent uh, uh, maybe a little more yeah let's maybe, go 40 we'll go, go 40 go, right okay. like but but i like the honesty right yeah. like it's like it's hard like it's it, hard to project like it is hard to project and then you know when you're you're scouting uh, for a bc uh team yep and you know, so you're scouting players, of course, but then there's the well. How do we know which kids want to move away and who wants to go? How does that balance? Yeah, it? you know what? That's where that communication with them comes in. What are your What are your goals? Some people don't even know about the BCHL uh, or the college route. Still, it's still in our our game, not very understood. Uh, so there's a lot of that explanation that goes on. Um, you know, I was just down at the Circle K Classic and Christmas too. Uh, it's just about. Um, seeing people play the right way. Got to watch that Shaddix team uh, yeah. down there. Unbelievable. The way they move the puck, how unselfish they were. They're in every battle. They hold the blue line. Like, it's just you can see the 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 work that is being done there. It was, it was fun to watch as a coach. Uh, it's great to see uh, teams uh, and players play the game the right way. Jason, always uh, great to have you on, man. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck, uh, not only with the scouting, but also with the upcoming tournament uh, once again uh, cattailcrossing.ca if you're an adult you want to play on the Saturday or of course if you want to play uh, Sunday with your kids uh, U11 U13 U13, and U15 yep that's right awesome cattailcrossing.ca have a good one man thanks so much that is uh, Jason Wawan from uh, Cattail Crossing Uh, I'm Jason Greger live the uh, 45th annual John Reed Memorial Tournament let's get to the con man and a sports 1440 update Brought to you by Fountain Tire. Stop in right now because, of course, they can change your tires if you still are uh, riding around in the summers. I don't know what you're doing, but uh, wouldn't wait. But more importantly, you got any car issues, guess what? they got the uh, certified mechanics can help fix anything that's a problem. Go to FountainTire.com. Here's Connor Howell. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.